and welcome to the podcast, where we get to hear stories and insights from leaders in the Catholic creative world every week. This week, we have a real and vulnerable conversation with Megan Harrington, producer of the documentary, The Dating Project. Anthony and Megan discuss her experience making the film and dive into what she learned about the dating problem from working on the project. During the interview, they share stories from their own dating experiences, talk about the relationship between sex and the dating problem, and address issues such as first dates, breakups, rejection, pornography, and shame. Let's check it out. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God, thank you so much for Megan and the work that she's doing for everything that you've done to to bring about the Dating Project series and just the, the gifts that you've given her to be able to bring that really vital project to the world. And I pray that just against any attacks that have come against the distribution of that film, of getting it out, pray for spiritual just peace as we're bringing that project to the world. I pray for Megan and for her ability to just to speak from her heart openly and for the de-stressing effect of just remembering that you are a father God and that you love us deeply and that you have brought us into your kingdom and want to bring about healing to the world through us. And we're so grateful to you, God, for bringing us along into your mission like that. And Thanksgiving for Anthony, for all the work that he's doing. Uh, Precious blood of Jesus, cover all the equipment, our thoughts, (laughs) our minds, our hearts, um, and uh, put all of it in your blessed mother's hands and that we may do your will. Yeah. Amen. 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 <laughs> okay. So, hey, could you give me like an image of like where you are sitting right now? Paint I will. Me a picture. I'm going to paint you a picture. I'm not a painter, but I am sitting in an office. Behind me is Sunset Boulevard. There's a large sliding glass window. So the sun is coming in. I am not facing the window. I'm facing a wall that has large <laughs> calendars taped to it and at a desk. So there's a lot of sunlight. We've got Hollywood behind me. It's an overcast day here in LA. I won't complain though, because elsewhere in this great country, they might still be getting snow. <laughs> yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> I mean, being from Montana, that's probably something you're much more sensitive to than me in Texas. Yes. And I came back from Christmas And it was really cold in Montana. And then it was 84, I think, in January. And it's so mind-blowing. It almost makes you wonder, is it summer? It is very confusing. <laughs> I hear I hear that's like part of the experience of LA is just this like sense of time never never moving yes. and never changing. But it's true. So you're uh, producing a pretty amazing project while you're in that office. I'm sure a lot of the things that are on that calendar have to do with like release dates. So tell me a little <laughs> bit about that. Well, the dating project is releasing April 17th. So at the dating project movie.com, you can find more information and see if it's playing at a theater near you. It is playing at over 600 theaters nationwide for that one night. So we're really hoping to to mobilize a, a great group of movement for people to come see the film on April 17th and have a discussion after about dating relationships, things they liked about the film, things they didn't, because that's always part of it. But, <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, if people are talking after about you know real things related to relationships or just fun, hey, I would like to go on a date type of comments, it would be a win. That's 
Fantastic. And I'm, I cannot wait for later on in this conversation when I just like ask you for dating advice. Um, oh, it's yeah. going to be really, really great. Like, now that yeah, you're that will guru. be really great. Oh, yeah. No, I never, never said I was a guru. So that is that I've, you can ask advice, but you could ask that to anybody. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, uh, other than being like a dating guru, what's, what's your role in the project? <laughs> Good one. Good one. Actually, Catherine Fowler, she is now Catherine Fowler Sample. She is married with a baby because of the project. Her, yes, I know. She's, a, you know, 50% success rate. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> she, um, so her and I were working uh, for Empower Pictures and they were looking for ideas for documentaries because there was a client interested in the series. And she had thought of a reality show, A Date in Every State. And we said, um, not reality, but we really thought, you know, dating would be a very interesting documentary. We were two single women at the time. And we knew a lot of other single women who at a dinner, there was 14, two were married and the rest weren't in relationships. And many of us were, didn't really know the last time we had actually been on a date. So it was kind of that spark of client needing an idea. And Catherine and I, in the state of life that we were in, saying, you know, this is a big deal. And a lot of people do want to be in a relationship. We know that. And men, I think, talk about it. They just talk about it with less words. Um, and, <laughs> as men do. Uh, as men do. They just grunt a lot. And they're like, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, we said, let's, let's explore this topic and let's put together a pitch and archetypes. And fortunately, and that really is luck, they, they greenlit it. Wow. So you're the part conceptor, part like, this is a problem that I care about and also yep. part producer in the project. That's when somebody right. when somebody like you just meet a random person at a cocktail party or whatever people do in LA these days and they ask you what you do like what do you what do you tell them? I say that you know I I would bring up this project I just produced a documentary about dating and work in film. And here people generally know what that means mm -hmm. even though producer can be vague, you know if you talk a little bit more you will pitch this idea and all that stuff. But if outside of LA it's like what? are you doing? What does that even mean? Yeah. So I think it's more difficult even explaining to my own family or friends, like, what is, what do you do here? It's much easier because people get it. It's much more difficult outside of California to try to explain. So, you know, you use things that would probably be relatable for a girlfriend or a sister might be a wedding, <laughs> you know, putting together an entire wedding or some sort of event, conceptualize it in a way that, that helps them understand a little bit better because it is a broad term. And for outside of LA, it's not necessarily something that people understand. Yeah, I had no idea what producing meant until right. 8 Beats came around. And now I, I feel like uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that I was being asked to plan like eight weddings, you know? Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes, with a lot of stress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's uh, it's amazing. And actually, this is a funny fruit of the whole experience of producing. But, you know, last year we put on the, the Catholic Creative Summit and put together a conference, basically. And I've been producing films since since then through our agency. And my brother is getting married May 19th, <gasps> which is like super that is exciting. so exciting. They had a wedding planner that was like a friend of her, like his fiance's family. She just had some family problems and stopped working, didn't tell anyone. 
uh, made some really poor decisions and they had to fire her last minute when they realized two and a half months before the wedding that she hadn't done anything. Oh um, my gosh. And so Marcelino <laughs> and I had had this flippant conversation earlier on. We were like, we want our engagements to really be focused on our relationship and on our marriages, not on planning a wedding. So why don't we just commit to trading planning each other's weddings so that we can work on our relationships? Wow. It was, it was just this idea. But when that whole thing fell through, they were like, all right, Anthony, we're going to actually contract you and Sherwood Fellows to produce our wedding. Brilliant. I am, uh, I'm right now as we speak in the process of producing a, uh, a wedding. And it is not that different, I will tell you, than uh, actually making a movie happen. <laughs> uh, no, no, I know. And you got one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's going to go great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of weddings and love and everything, at what point did you like realize that there was like a dating problem? that that was like a, a pain point for you? Well, it's funny. I don't know that at the time of creating this, we, we were like, there is this huge problem. And what is it? It was more like, why? What is going on? And like, why don't I have dates? Yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Am why, I weird? Is there something wrong with me? Is something, is something going on? Um, why is it that we haven't been asked out and as much as you might think, I mean, there were these, again, 12 beautiful women, varying ages, very Catholic, you know, really had something to offer. And I was like, why is it that this table, that is strange. We had already, however, come up with the idea that was just almost a confirmation of why it was necessary. Mm -hmm. And I think along the way, I w my eyes were open to wow, well, I, I can see why there's an issue with dating and relationships. It, it became more clear. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny how like you can have something that you care about and then you don't realize how important it is until you like actually started working on digging into the problem and wrestling with it and like coming up with some sort of a piece of art or a creativity around it. I'm wondering like what was a moment when you started getting into it, maybe doing the interviews and producing where you that light bulb went off and you were like, wow, this is not just me and the few ladies that I'm talking to. This is like the world. You know, there's a couple of moments. One was early on when we were doing pre-interviews with different people, not on camera, just kind of trying to get a sense of what this landscape looks like in different age categories. And we had a girl who was in her 30s. She was a model. She was Christian. And we said, what is the biggest problem with dating? And she said, without even pausing, sex. Hmm. And it wasn't even, oh, you know, I'm going to think about that. It was her immediate first answer. Another gentleman, young kid, we asked, you know, what's the difference between marriage and dating? And he said, well, in marriage, you have to go to your wife's house for Christmas. And hmm. it's like, oh, okay, that's shocking. And then along the, the way in actual filming, there were moments with the college kids and man on the street and where comments and a lot about sexuality. And I really think the over-sexualization of the culture and an inability to, as Christians, this is Catholic Creative Podcast, so I can speak in that, that hat on, mm -hmm. is the lack of an understanding as well of God calls us to that area of our life to be accountable to him as well. And there's a term called sexual atheism that Kenny Luck uses where God can speak to any area of our life, but not that. 
And I found all along the journey, and I think Catherine and John, the director, would say the same thing. It, it really is that overarching issue is the is sexuality. And Interesting. I mean, we had a man on the street in New York. We asked him, what is the average number of sexual partners you, you would have in your lifetime? And he said four to 500. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, wow. and, and it's like, I don't know how he had time to, you know, have a conversation with us on the street for a half hour. He, then it was 25 and seven. It was very rarely waiting or one. And, you know, I don't want this to be, you know, abstinence only discussion on this podcast, but it really is an area of, of need for us as Christians to have more resources available to help us navigate that part Mm -hmm. of dating, because it's, we're, we're, we're really not generally living much differently than the rest of the world. I feel like it's it's almost obvious, right, that, okay, most people aren't living chaste lives and mm-hmm. sexuality is, you know, much more laissez-faire now, sexual revolution, whatever, that's happened. Mm-hmm. But how is that translated into like, okay, there's all these beautiful women talking about how they're not getting dates. Like how, how are those problems related to each other? I don't have a definite answer. You know, I can mm-hmm. only say based off my experiences with the documentary, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, people who've done wonderful studies and, and sociologists who, who know statistically the answer to these things. But what we did find is sometimes, and this isn't just women, it's, it's women and men, is mm-hmm. you go out with someone for a little bit and then you're not going to participate in, in sex or, you know, you're, you're waiting, you, you know, you have these conversations and the relationship fizzles out. And mm-hmm. it's not it's not just a man issue. It's a woman issue as well. I mm-hmm. even said that right. I mean, again, it's not that men are to blame. Women are to blame as well. And I guess if we just stopped blaming each other and said, hey, I got to look at my own life. Mm-hmm. I've got to look at my own choices. I have to work on my relationship with God and what that looks like. If that were the first thing to focus on, the other things may fall into line more easily. But it's a real busy world. There's a lot of white noise and it's coming at us in all directions. And I, I think it's just a difficult thing to navigate. Yeah, no, absolutely is. I mean, being super real here. <laughs> Please like, lay it down, let's Anthony. Let's talk about lay it dating down. lives. You know, we're talking about a movie, so you're just t- saying we need to look at ourselves. So I'm just going to be, yeah, be real. Like I'm, I'm about to be 31. I'm single. I've been working through. I've really gone through since I was in seminary. Oh wow, like three. Yeah, I was in. I went to college seminary and then graduated with a philosophy degree and had no idea what I was going to do with my life. You know, but wow, ended up coming out uh, and pursuing marketing and whatever. But that whole time, I was really trying to figure out relationships, you know, like fell in love, got my heart broken, yeah, like mm-hmm. right up to that edge of engagement, and then went through a pretty hard breakup, came back and a couple of years later, got into another pretty serious relationship with a friend. And then again, a couple of years ago, yeah, last year, basically met a girl and went through a relationship there as well and ended up breaking up with her or that whole experience. The breakup happened right around this time last year. So I turned 30. My brother got engaged and I went through like the third major try at a relationship falling apart. And just this whole last year I've spent like thinking like maybe maybe there's just something wrong with me, you know, like there's there's something that maybe I'm just unfit for it. Or I don't know, you know, like the experience of dating has been, I don't know, it's just been such a shitty 
experience of adulthood. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I think that's I think that's the best way to say it. It's very descriptive. <laughs> and uh, so I, I was like going through Bumble and like trying to follow the advice or just like go on a lot of dates, you know, get out there after that last those relationships had had uh, come apart. And doing so was one incredibly soul sucking because I realized how these apps just created they commoditized like everyone and everything. And it yes. made me feel like, yeah. you know, I'm competing against at least 12 other guys for this one person right now. And every day, everything that I'm doing, every attribute is just like I'm being looked at as like one of the things on the buffet. And I just felt like the ghosting that happened every every experience of, man, you're really getting the juice here. You don't even have to ask me any questions. I love you it. should interview me. But yeah, no, <laughs> all of these experiences of being out in the dating world were just like I was astounded by how poor people were relating to each other. And mm -hmm. it just seems like every time I've come close to commitment, that is so scary that it like breaks the relationship. It first one in me and then in the other ones like in, in the girl. So anyway, I don't know. I think it's a generational thing. We had this huge conversation on Catholic Creatives about it when one night in my frustration, I like deleted the Bumble app and was like, I'm not doing <laughs> this anymore. <laughs> and then I got onto the Catholic Creatives and like, dating's a problem. Is anyone else with me? And then like, everyone's with there you. There's like 200 <laughs> comments on it. For like, sure. Yes. Blew up. It's a pain point. What do we do? What do we do with this? <laughs> well, it's funny because you mentioned breaking up and Carrie Cronin, she's in the documentary mm -hmm. and is unbelievable. She's a philosophy professor at Boston College as well. So you have a similar backgrounds. She says that if people know how to break up better, people would probably be able to date more. If she wrote a book, that's what she would write it about. She'd write about, which I think she'd write one about dating as well, but that the breaking up is also very important to the circle of dating, you know, how to do it well. And it's so funny because she's like, okay. And you know, don't keep asking questions. People want to talk and then talk more and then talk more and then talk, instead of just saying, my heart is not moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. And, and kind of, that's the, the gist of it. So when you're talking about the breaking up, it really is takes acts of courage and there's a lot of rejection. And because what you just said is so true, we have an overabundance of choice. Go to a restaurant, go to Cheesecake Factory. This is not a promotion for Cheesecake Factory, but <laughs> they're not paying this. But you know, you open it up and there's so many things to choose from that you're less happy when you actually do make the choice. I don't think technology is bad either, you know, Bumble or, or online dating or all those things, but how are we using them to meet someone? I mean, it's not to get to know somebody by text or phone or email. It's to meet them in person. And mm -hmm. sometimes we have these very intense conversations that have no place in a level one date. And I say level one, it's hard because you haven't seen the movie, but Carrie Cronin lays out these levels of dating and how, you know, what's appropriate at different levels. And a level mm -hmm. one date is three questions that are thoughtful. Where are you from? How many siblings do you have? Whatever those simple questions might be. But you know what we found, which she talks about, is people are having really inappropriate conversations on a first date. As as example, two young women said to us early on in the project, I just tell the guy right away, I'm not going to sleep with them. And I was like, what? Why are you telling him that on your first date? <laughs> Shouldn't you should just be having, you know, a really normal, nice conversation? As the project progressed, I understood why. But if we could go back to the simple, like to take some of those really personal questions off the table and to get to know each other. And 
And it really, you know, to answer your question, which I'm not doing very well so far, but what do we do is, is we have to start saying to each other or getting groups, I think personally is a groups that are accountable to each other. Okay. So how are things, if it's groups of guys or girls have, and, and no, not groups of 30 people, um, but small groups that then can form bigger groups of how are we doing in this? How are we living? Are we do making good choices? Are we taking care of someone else's heart and the decisions that we're making? We're going to get rejected. That's bottom line in life mm-hmm. a lot. And it beats you down. And it beats you down because the person ghosts you or they say no or they <laughs> they don't want to see you anymore. And, and, and it's just because they didn't have that connection with you. And all those things are hard. And after a while, you just don't want to put yourself out there anymore because mm-hmm. it's hard. But that's when you have to put yourself out there. I guess it's when you don't feel like praying. <laughs> you pray. And I hope with this film, it will kind of give a new opportunity to how to approach a date. Mm-hmm. Just a new way of saying, I'm going to get to know somebody for 60 minutes. And after mm-hmm. three dates, if I don't find them romantically interesting, or excuse me, if I'm not romantically interested in them, I'll let them go. And that's what, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying what Carrie Cronin is providing to her students. And it's, it's simple stuff, but we've lost that simplicity of a subject that's really difficult. The answers mm-hmm. I don't think are as difficult. They're just hard and require discipline. Yeah. So what have been some ways that you personally, if you're going to be grappling with making something like this, it, yeah. as an artist, even if you're just involved, no matter how you're involved, like mm-hmm. you're, you have to wrestle with it on an internal level before it can become something that is like, shareable to other people right so like oh, how yeah. how has it changed you how have you had to yeah. transform and wrestled with it it's funny because in documentaries and all the questions that we ask people you're asking all those questions to yourself yeah and i really said hey if i want to be in a relationship and if i want to get married you know i have to really look at how am i presenting that to the world. Uh, am I doing what I need to be doing? You know, am I putting work above that, which I think I have done. You can say you want something, but other things will have to give. And I have definitely been wrestling with that. And that whole idea of what is most important. And I think for me, especially making this project, ironically, it was the focus. Mm-hmm. It was my most significant relationship, as I say. <laughs> was the movie? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm dating a movie. Oh, there's so That's much bad. irony there about dating. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's bad. So I, you know, someone had said to me, I said, hey, well, keep me in mind, you know, if you, I would love to, you know, because I'm all for being set up or whatever. But he said, oh, I didn't know that you wanted to get married or be in a relationship. And I said, oh, this was before we started the project. And I thought, that's on me. Yeah, That's my fault. And if I'm projecting that, either knowingly or unknowingly, which I think it was unknowingly, but then I heard it again. Actually, my brother had said it. And I was like, oh, that's that's something I have to work on. And it is, it is a process. You know, you wish that things could change overnight. But one thing I love is, you know, I have to be totally honest. I am not as comfortable asking someone out because the assignment is male or female has to do mm-hmm. it. And I think I'll be more comfortable when it's hopefully, you know, more people know that there's this assignment and that people are supposed to be going on dates because it's, it was uncomfortable. I, the students Wait, so what's com- the assignment? So Explain the assignment, that. sure. So she gives her students an assignment where they have to ask someone out in person, mm-hmm. uh, $10 or less. You ask, you pay. Um, cannot be longer than 90 minutes. No physical contact. No drugs or alcohol. <laughs> no, well, you can have an A-frame hug. So you can do that. Uh, and um, <laughs> and uh, it's pretty brilliant. 
And and the idea, you know, people are like, well, and plus some people have said, well, should women be asking men out? And I really think it's such a difficult time out there that think of it as flirting. And you can say, hey, this professor gave me this assignment and they have to be a, rom- a legitimate romantic interest. You know, you mm-hmm. have to actually literally be interested in them, not just a friend you're trying to do the assignment with. And so it gives you a little bit of an out. But I think it's a brilliant way to let somebody know and then let them pursue you. But right now, I, I don't know how you feel. You're, you're a guy. Like, it might be hard. You, you might want a little bit of a, of a green light of like, I'm interested. Yeah. And then you run with it. Right. Yeah. Have you, so have you done that since oh my like, gosh. to join? I did. I think the college girl gave me the dating assignment and I did do it. And oh my gosh. It was so bad. It was so bad. Oh no, bad. tell me about it. <laughs> oh, I was sitting, I, 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 I was like, oh, I'm on my last day because you get two weeks to do it. And I, and I needed to ask this person. And I said to my sister, if he shows up, I'm gonna, I hadn't seen him at mass. If he shows up, I'm going to do it. And had and, you talked to him before? Was it like completely- Yeah, I had talked to him before. I knew him from back home. So uh-huh. I periodically run into him. Well, he shows up, he walks by, I look at my sister and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to do this today. <laughs> oh, no. So I go outside, he leaves a little bit early, so I follow him out and he stops by a tree or we're by a tree and I think I'm leaning against it. I'm like, so, um, I have this assignment. I mean, Anthony, it was such a train wreck. Oh no. I, I, I at least felt, I was like, oh man, I was like, well, maybe I could Facebook message you. And I thought, I don't even barely do Facebook. I'm trying to get better, but I, why don't you ask for his number? He's like, or you could get my number. I mean, it was just a total disaster. He was funny in a way, but But he said yes, right? Yeah. He's like, sure. (laughs) But then texting so that you're supposed to do it really quick. And, um, and I said, so next, he doesn't live right in LA. I said, next time you're up, let's, let's go. And then it took him a while to get back to me. And I think I was like, you know what? And part of her thing is like, move on if they're not interested. And so I, I never actually did the date because mm-hmm. I didn't hear it. I think I heard back a month later. I could have followed up. And, you know, it's a pride thing. And it's like you're talking about. You get rejected and you're like, oh, this isn't very fun. But you're putting yourself out there. And yeah. I, I will do it again. I will do it again after the film. I will do the dating assignment again. And hopefully, you know, it won't be as weird when you say I'm doing this <laughs> dating assignment. Because he probably was like, well, you're not in high school or college. This is so weird. <laughs> but I love, I love that, like, you were not willing to let your yourself not be convicted by the thing that you are making you know it would be <laughs> such a a weird irony if you made the movie and personally never did the assignment yourself oh. i also love you're like the the paragon of sort of confidence and just female empowerment it seems like it just so is so funny that you're like oh, stumbling it over was your words. so bad it was so <laughs> bad i may have written about it i was like looking up to the left too i remember thinking is this what guys feel like because i this is so <laughs> so uncomfortable it was truly it gave me empathy also and also it takes a lot of courage to do that like for guys as well to kind of remember that if needed in the future <laughs> uh so yeah i was captain awkward it was it was bad it was really bad that's so amazing have you had like any any things that you feel like you've action steps that you've taken personally since doing the movie to improve maybe yourself maybe not even necessarily your dating life but like your life as a human being to be more prepared for better dates Yeah, you know, I really have. I've really thought about certain things or ways in which I wish I would have done things differently in the past. Prolonged dating, 
dating, <laughs> you know, dating someone for, for too long, if you're not sure of, I have really have thought about when, I won't say if, when I am in a relationship again, I think this film will have helped me be prepared to treat it the right way, certainly with mistakes, because that's just part of being human, but really being accountable to where I am and how I'm feeling and how that relates to the relationship and trying to be careful of my own heart and someone else's in a way that maybe I didn't, it wasn't recklessly, but it was not as purposefully. And I Mm -hmm. want to be more purposeful. Do you think that it, I mean, it sounds more like honesty is really the trait that you're looking to help people grow in, you know, like Mm -hmm. with yourself and with others. It sounds like you're also saying that a lot of times people aren't honest with how attracted they really are to someone else because they maybe feel bad or want to give it more of a shot or something like that. Is that part of what you're saying there? Oh, that's funny. I think that's a good way to describe it. I, I can't speak for other people, but I will say I do think that it does, like we, in some cases we do let things go longer than they should because either, well, I really like the family or we really get along or, you know, we're pretty good friends or this and that instead of really saying, is this, is this relationship leading to marriage? You know, Mm -hmm. and after a certain period of time, and I have from this project who I've been like, if after a year you cannot say I would marry this person, Mm -hmm. then you need to break up. And that's just my own. And people can disagree or agree. I'm not saying you have to get married tomorrow. But if you can't actually say that, Mm -hmm. you're not with the right person. And uh, putting markers in, you know, three months, six months, um, because we will make excuses. And I think at the end of the day, more honesty, what you said, um, certainly with myself. and, And you probably know people who've dated a long time or too long, or you get kind of stuck. You don't mm-hmm. want to lose a friendship instead of making the hard decisions of what what really is the right thing to do. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know, if you're you're afraid to break up and you don't do yes. it, like you're basically adding more fear of loss into the pot every time you don't. You know, it's just the stakes keep on getting higher. So yeah, I feel that. As when you look at the Catholic world, so perhaps not the the Catholic world that is atheist sexually, but is Mm -hmm. really following God. It seems like there's a big dating problem there as well. Perhaps the problems are a little bit different, though, Mm -hmm. than the general world. What are those differences? And what do you see as like the issues that that Catholics tend to experience with dating? Well, either they're just, now again, I'm just speculating from from the documentary and not some, as you said, guru on this. Hey, that's totally cool. I didn't invite you as a guru, but I think it's (laughs) like that you're working on the project makes it interesting to talk about like the personal side of the experience of creating it, right? So we will preface it, subtext, these are Megan's personal reflections. Meanderings. (laughs) These are Megan's meanderings. no, I, I think that's a really, a really good question. I think maybe in some cases they just aren't dating or there's the emotional, you know, you can have emotional intimacy that's probably not where it should be with friends. Then you can have physical intimacy that should be there. So in the very orthodox Catholic world, I guess that would maybe be the way to say it. I, I don't, I actually think the, the the sexual component still plays there. It may play to a lesser degree, but there's still a lot of confusion, I think, of what it means to be in relationship, you know, traveling together or, or staying at each other's house, I, even if there isn't the actual sexual intimacy. I don't know enough, the answer would be, I don't know enough specifically because I still feel that one component is affecting even that subgroup in a mm. way that may not be 
like the other way where it's overtly sexual and a lot of partners or whatever it might be, I think it's still an issue affecting, and that's where I think the church has such a great opportunity to provide resources, to help us navigate what it means to be in relationship, friendship, (laughs) romantic, Mm -hmm. all those things that I think is just assumed we know Mm -hmm. with technology and how the world is moving it's not as clear. And right. really, what does it mean to be a good friend? And what does it mean to be in a good romantic relationship? And, you know, how do you navigate those difficulties? So I didn't really probably answer your question, because I just think it's, it is an issue affecting all walks in all ways is navigating that, that issue of sexuality, which because people are affected by pornography, they're affected by the films that they see or the TV shows that we watch in a large way, in a large degree. I think, you know what? I bet pornography um, would probably be the be another thing that needs to be addressed on a bigger scale with technology. Mm-hmm. And that is affecting relationships. And we found shockingly through Fight the New Drug that it's an increase in women that hasn't been that way before. And, and also at younger and younger ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely pervasive. I think that you're right. It is a huge problem there. And I think shame itself for a lot of people prevents them from going on dates or being willing to date is that they would never want to even have to talk about the fact that they're addicted to pornography or struggle with that, right? I mean, I know speaking from personal experience, I struggled with it a lot in post-college and mm-hmm. I definitely did not want to date until it was like, I'm figure I have this thing figured out. And absolutely uh, at the same time, like there was no place where I could get this mm-hmm. thing figured out in the church. It was like, I could go to some sort of fight the new drug or like some right. sort of Catholic theology, of the body thing, but you would learn more and more about how it's bad and learn more and more about how it's it should be like treated very seriously, you know, but mm-hmm. very there was no actual like support group or thing in your church where it's like, this is a normal thing that we should be talking about because most of you people here are dealing with it. Like it's yep. so buried and so sublimated because it's so shamed. So that's real. I also think like in the Catholic world, there's this major almost so many people have read the book like I've kissed dating goodbye or books like that where you really want to push people into like courtship and away from having like personal intimacy specifically to guard against. It's almost like swinging really hard in the other direction, but it also creates this culture where like unless I, I see you as marriage material like a date almost mean it just means too much you know oh uh, yeah 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 and That's so a it's good point. so big that no one wants to do it because you'll lose a friendship or because you know you don't want to i don't know whatever there's this like it means too much to people and so it's too intimidating and it just ends up being like procrastinated on or something so yeah. That that's actually a great point. That idea of I don't want to lose a friendship or it's too big of a deal and now we're getting married. It's mm-hmm. you're just going on a date and Carrie Cronin, the professor in the film, when she talk when people talk about not wanting to lose a friend, she's like, Burn it, you have thousands of friends. <laughs> <laughs> and also in most cases, that friend is not gonna be your friend when you're married with your spouse in the way that they're your friend now. That you know, if there's an interest, go for it and don't make it be something more than it is. And when I say level one date, because I've said that a couple of times, it really takes that pressure off of physicalness or, you know, it's just, I'm getting to know somebody for 60, 90 minutes. And if I want to go out again, then I can ask them taking some of those pressures of either we're getting married 
where we have to sleep together. Like those two extremes is just go out and have a conversation with someone for an hour. For anyone that wants to learn more about this problem or it's stirred up that kind of like, man, I really care a lot about this. Where should they go to learn more? So if you're interested in the topic of dating and relationships, if you are up for a really enjoyable 70 minutes of laughing, of reflection, of maybe a tear or two, please join us April 17th for the datingprojectmovie.com. Thedatingprojectmovie.com. You can find out if it's playing near you. It's in over 600 theaters nationwide. One night only. Join the movement. Save the date. <laughs> That's awesome. You really got that last pitch down well. Hey, thank Thanks. you so much for coming thank on you, the podcast. Thank you, Anthony. Yes, thank you. And uh, I will definitely look forward to seeing the movie. We'll post about it on the group whenever we uh, we go, so you can answer any questions there too. So have a thank good rest you so of your much. day. Happy Easter, and we will talk soon. Happy Easter to you too. Thank you. Bye. In 2016, we issued a call to creatives, entrepreneurs, designers, and artists from all over the continent to come together in Dallas because we believed that the time was right for a new renaissance to take place in the church. 85 of the most talented young Catholic leaders in the Americas answered the call, coming together because of this shared vision. And what took place at that summit was a flowering of community that was beyond description. And it is now clear that new Da Vinci's, Mozart's, Michelangelo's, Beethoven's, and Medici's are being brought together to blaze new trails for the gospel, to build new businesses, ministries, and works of art that will be catalysts for massive culture change. And if you are listening to this, then you have also answered this call, and we are so grateful for your participation in this movement. If you want to hear more from the speakers, participate in monthly professional development webinars and be publicly represented on the Catholic Creatives website, you can make this happen by supporting us on Patreon. Your support and your commitment are vital for the growth and mission of Catholic Creatives. And the rewards are awesome. So your help means everyone can benefit even more from our community this year as we sponsor our creative projects and plan next year's summit. The time is right for a new renaissance, a counter wave of beauty. Our world needs aesthetically and philosophically articulate leaders, artists, creatives, and risk takers. Our world needs you. We'll look forward to hearing more from you in the community on Facebook and Slack, and at the regional meetups and at the summit. We'll see you there.